0: where are we now where will we be tomorrow what is the oh that there's a lot of lines going up and down um i think that means that we are alive um from the panopticon you make me happy whether you know it or not we should be happy that's what i said from the
1: start i am so happy you're listening to For Better or Worse. My name is Jenny J, and I am your host. Um, and I am joined in the studio today with Zainab, the lovely Zainab. That was going so great until you that did that. Did I ruin it? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Zainab is a poet, she is a writer. She is currently studying none of that. But, uh on her downtime is exploring her creative passions as a filmmaker in the in the works, a budding filmmaker film, but I don't know what to call you. I'm so sorry, I'm butchering this. You're a spoken word artist first and foremost, foremost. I think so. you think so. yes, say that with your chest <clears throat> to say
0: it with my chest would mean that i that I believed it fully. <laughs> no I, I write poems and I perform them, and I haven't done so in a very in not a very long time, but in quite some time. So I'm I'm just sort of trying to discover what that means, being away from everything.
1: What did it used to mean? I think, so
0: my, in, like, my entry point or my entry point into poetry was, in the beginning, like, a lot of people, they write for themselves. Mm-hmm. And for me, coming from a family, um, in Somali standards, that was not very large. There's only four of us in terms of kids and then my parents. Um, but you know, it still was a lot of very different personalities. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of everybody's confidant in my household. So mm-hmm. everybody would come to me for advice. Even until today, I'm still that. Um, but I never was that, nobody was that for me. Do you know what I mean? And so for me, my notebook was the person or the thing that I went to, to like disclose all of my deepest, darkest secrets. And I remember I had um, a little notebook that had like a cat on it. And this is, you know, elementary school maybe middle school and it had like a c- cat on it and it was pink and it says and it said perfect thoughts and it had a <laughs> lock and key and that's where I would keep all my uh, that's basically where I would confine it um and yeah so poetry for me and writing to begin with was just a way of sort of understanding who I was and that made sense did anybody ever find your diary like everybody knows where it is but it's like a literal lock and key that first one the rest of them are now like whatever but mm-hmm. yeah I, <laughs> all my crushes uh, well, let's not get into that
1: I love it but okay so talk to me about your poetry where did you begin what did you used to write about what do you write about now
0: uh where did I begin um so in the beginning I was sort of an underground rapper
1: Which is something that I
0: think in the future I might return to. I was super into, like I had a friend that beatboxed and I was really into like grade nine, um, like in the lab, going to the corner, dropping some beats. I would spend like whole days um, preparing for that lab class so that I could like lay it down and like... I, I I think I was pretty good actually back then, with um, <laughs> the confidence of the of the great nine test tubes. Wow! <laughs> but um, so that's I I used to write a lot of just random stuff.
1: Wait, you made a real lab,
0: like a, like in a, in a like a science lab, like a science lab, like <laughs> where there's test tubes and like wow, like flasks and stuff. That I used to go to the back and we used to like graph and, and throw it down. But then um, at at one point I think um, I came across spoken word poetry. Like, I'll rep these people till the day I die. But, like, Strivers bro, is really what... And I think we were talking about them not too long ago. But they really put me on. Like, watching, Mm -hmm. like, Jasmine Manns, Miles Hodges, Alicia Harris. Like, all of them. Joshua, like... I used to just sit, I remember, for hours on end, just watching these guys perform. Mm-hmm. And I think right now, if you pull up any of their poems, I could probably recite it to you, like, off the, off the dome. Because I was so invested in them. And um, I still follow their work. Uh, but that was sort of my introduction to spoken word poetry. I think they did it back then. I was just, like, my mind was blown. I was like, how are these people saying these words and then making them s- these words sound incredible? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I just wanted to be like them. So I used to write a lot. Uh, I, I didn't have anything profound to say <laughs> so I just tried to like figure stuff out and then um I think it was interesting because i I'm growing up I was really shy
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, you were yeah believe it or not like you l- anecdote um I used to live in uh in a small um, city called jigjiga in Ethiopia growing up and we lived there for three years and when I lived there, I remember um, one day, I think it was three years in, like, we were about to move back to Canada, when I was walking down the street, and this one woman, who was literally our neighbor, looked at me, and she was like, oh, like, who are your parents? And so I tell her who my parents are, and she's like, oh, are you, like, one of the recent ones? Like, did you just come recently? And I was like, lady, I've lived here (laughs) for the last three years. Like, I was a ghost. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. And so I I don't know what happened. At one point, I was like, oh, maybe I should start talking and, like, communicating with people and I went from that to like going on stage and performing so that was like zero to hundred real quick wow I love it and I wasn't I don't know people would ask like wouldn't you be nervous and I sort of wasn't anymore I feel like I'm, I'm regressing I feel like I'm going back to that now <laughs> like as an adult but like back when I was a kid I'd like I would write a poem and then I'd be so ready to like anybody that's willing to listen that's my future calling <laughs>
1: At the mountains? (laughs) We just, we don't answer. Hello? Yes? That's all for today, folks. It was Um, great talking to you guys. (laughs) It was fantastic. Uh, This was great. Um, No, in all seriousness, uh, speaking of um, things that are calling. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what is calling? What is calling? The reading of your poem. Okay. That was a terrible segue. (laughs) We'll make do. (laughs) I just wanted to acknowledge that that was a really terrible segue. I Um,
0: loved it. I loved it. Okay, so uh, I'm going to read a poem. It is called, I think I've named it eventually, uh, Children of Diaspora. Um, And so I think I'm just going to get right into it. They have tried to map our smiles. The same way they've tried to map our roots. They've mapped the trail along our crossroads. They've mapped a brand new world for you. They've mapped our dreadlocks. Ain't it dreadful that unless you're Goldilocks, you're viewed as nothing short of criminal. Pardon me. I'm not trying to be cynical, but this is critical. I remember the air smelled of cinnamon and clouds of smoke rose from open mouth flames. They'd cook their courage on. They were disciplined. My father recounts stories of pastoral pursuits, entire days spent gazing and grazing, trying to keep the wolves at bay, but the wolves wouldn't stay away. They built their ships out of wood chips and ill intentions, Noah's Ark of imperialism, they'd flood their land with melanin, dark-skinned angels they'd call slaves, but we've never been chocolate bars. So how dare you use your arrows to make Kit-Kat scarecrows of our bodies? How dare you use your arrows to make Kit-Kat skeletons of our bones? Give us a break. Let us be. Perhaps they snickered as they robbed us of our bounty, but our hope, our hope always remained. You see, they divorced us of our lands and diagnosed us with diaspora. So I awoke, cradled between the arms of Dawn and Mo'adishah, newborn, and already nostalgic for a land that felt decades away, the first breath I inhaled was Canadian, I felt it maple syrup through my lungs, but the first words I spoke were foreign, as my first grade teacher tried to rip them from my tongue, don't you dare tell me to apologize, and don't you dare tell my mother to apologize, B is for Ben sounds a lot like P is for Pen, and since when have you ever said my name with all of its glory? My name, Zainab, Ahmed, Yasin, Mahdi, Noor, Ismail, Abdi, Hirsi, Amir, Gedi Hildeed, Guled, Jama, Igal, Hassan, Muhammad. But you can keep calling me misunderstood. Call me displaced and disregarded. Call me petty. Call me poison. Call me pirate. And I might just show you who's the captain now. We are all captives now. Because when you don't feel at home in your own home, in your old home, don't quite feel like your own When you try to escape these prison bars by spitting bars only to find safe haven in the creases of this poem, we are all children of diaspora. Barefoot and nostalgic, searching for places where we belong, we are stuck between accents thick with longing, thick with stuttering words and worry and wary. They say, there's no place quite like home. I ask, to which home do you refer? On which welcome mat do you stand? Does it smell like cinnamon inside? Does gray smoke froth from chimney tops? I promise I am not bitter. I am just a child of diaspora who hasn't quite tasted the sweetness of the phrase, home, sweet home. But I'm beginning to find pieces of home everywhere that I go. I have found it in the creases of your smile and in the branches of your roots. I have come across it in our crossroads. I'll build a brand new home for you. I have found it in the tangles of your words and in our search for for solace. Anywhere but here, we are everywhere and then some. We are the children of diaspora. Don't think for a second that we have disappeared. We are the children of diaspora and we are here.
1: That was beautiful. Thanks, Jenny. I love that. That was my first time hearing that. (laughs) I love that. It's my
0: first time performing it probably in like over a year, actually. How does it feel? It feels good. It feels good. It, yeah. I think I was telling you earlier that like I haven't really made poems that I like in a very long time. Mm-hmm. And so this was. I think I wrote this poem maybe three years ago.
1: Still so relevant.
0: It's crazy. I was I was looking through my poems and I was like, wow, this poem still. It still like, stands. It still bangs a bit.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was that was incredible. Thank you. Um, okay. So one thing I do wanna talk about. Yes. Because we were talking about this off air and mm-hmm. I wanna bring this conversation on air. Let's do it. Um, we were talking about uh how certain poetry communities that you are a part of only contact you at certain times in the year mm-hmm. when they want you to to perform and be there
0: yeah usually it's usually is within a span of 28 days
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know those 28 days <laughs> those 28 days that usually happen in the second month of the year and then afterwards they're just silent absolutely um walk me through it
0: i like I'm, I'm i have i just literally february 1st hits and i'm like bombarded with emails people asking me to come perform for this thing or for that thing Mm -hmm. and usually like highlighting that they want a poem that is x y and z like talk about your blackness talk about your like any experiences that you've had of like trauma like these people i think it's interesting that like when you're an artist and and people reach out to you it's one thing for them to reach out to you and ask you to perform Mm -hmm. i think it's a whole other thing when people reach out to you and ask you to perform x y and z and then also I I don't think they understand the concept of performing what you want to perform for the occasion that you're asked to perform it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's valid, but a lot of the times it's like, oh, please don't ask me to perform if you're going to then tell me exactly what you want to hear. And compensating me sometimes.
1: Not even always. No. Wow, disrespect.
0: And I think I've, it's so crazy because like... I got to the point where I was I was sort of used to not being compensated. Mm-hmm. So then when I was compensated, it was like a big deal for me. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, what do you mean you're gonna pay me? Like that that's huge. When really the default should be I'm gonna pay you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um. And yeah, like like I was telling you, like it's one thing for you to ask somebody to perform, but then it's a whole different thing I think for you to ask somebody to perform a particular thing because you want that thing to be heard by a particular audience. And that's where I'm kind of like, if you're gonna ask me to perform, at least respect me enough to think that i can perform what i think is appropriate for the occasion that's sort of an agency thing with me um but yeah it's really irritating um this year in particular i did not perform anywhere Mm -hmm. um again i'm here in toronto right now and and a lot of performances were uh back home so i just made the conscious decision that i was not going to return to do any of these performances and i'm really happy with it yeah no regrets
1: so one thing I do want to like fully acknowledge mm-hmm. is that, um, and and please by any means correct me if you think I'm wrong. Okay. But being performing spoken word in Black History Month in and of itself is celebrating Black history mm-hmm. because of the roots of spoken word. One hundred percent. Regardless of what the poem is. Yeah um so how do you feel about the art form itself like not only like being tokenized but Mm -hmm. the art form itself um taking off in a very different way at least within the liberal arts community in canada
0: do you mean just in black history month or just in general
1: in general in black history month whichever you feel more strongly about honestly
0: i've gotten to the point with poetry with spoken word poetry um that i've sort of d- detached myself from that world mm mm-hmm. um i felt like it, I felt like the, the, the allure of it was, was really, like, up there when I was first starting off at po- doing poetry, and it, was, it wasn't only spoken word poetry, it was the whole appeal of slam poetry, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, going there, finding community, um, celebrating the craft, and mm-hmm. performing, and then the competition part for me in the beginning was, like, super, like, appealing, mm-hmm. um, and I think, I don't know, if, would you agree that, like, that appeal wore off, like, Hella quick.
1: It it did. It took me. It wore off after like a year and a half. Yeah, for me, which isn't like. I mean, that's a while if you're mm-hmm. in the community itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I looked at it with rose tinted glasses for a long while, and mm-hmm. I think I fully acknowledge that i'm part of the problem Mm -hmm. where i also didn't recognize its roots for a long while yeah um i didn't kind of i don't know because i was introduced to spoken word in a very different context i didn't even think that it was something to look into the roots and Mm -hmm. the history of because the art of oral storytelling exists across many cultures yeah um that you kind of i mean if you don't if you haven't done your research and if you haven't realized that you know like you can do your research because it's accessible now mm-hmm. um where like no one talks about the fact that its roots come from a certain place mm-hmm. um that it originated in the 60s that you know it comes from strictly african american mm-hmm. culture and like it is a movement for like the revolution mm-hmm. and these are all like very very important things to recognize and acknowledge and when you are in, like, a liberal Canadian spoken word setting, it's not about that necessarily at all. It's about um, how much pain can I put into my poem and how well is that going to score? Yeah. And that's that's it. Mm-hmm. And that's all you really know. So, like...
0: It was super, like, I realized that really early on. Like, in in my community, I wasn't, the spoken word poetry scene wasn't that huge. So I'd Mm -hmm. oftentimes come down to Toronto uh, Mm -hmm. and get involved in all the poetry, uh, slam poetry circles, whatever they're called here. Um, And it was really interesting because for me, I'm not at a place, or I wasn't at least back then, where I could write very vulnerable pieces. And Mm -hmm. to be honest, I'm still not there. And so for me to go and perform and, and to watch it be, like, sort of, it was, it was, it was like people's whole lives and whole, like everything was out there. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, I'm just going to write this piece about like what it feels to be in the diaspora. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it maybe like force shed a tear. Like I would never do that. But I was like, like, how am I going to get scored? Because I'm not putting everything out there the way other people are. Um, And that I think was part of it. Like it, it, it would give me anxiety to think, and this was before, you know, I, I had a better understanding of what poetry meant for me, but it made me anxious to think that I had to. Um, put my whole life out there for me to be able to be recognized as a good poet. And that's something that I had to, like, kind of reconcile. And like, That's I got, something
1: you, that you shouldn't have to do.
0: I got over that. I was like, nah, I'm not going to tell you my whole life story just because, you know, I feel like that's what people resonate with the most.
1: 100%. So
0: that, yeah, that there's a few things that sort of turned me off the, the slam poetry scene for a while and, and just in general, like, the performance poetry. Um, there's a while where I was kind of trying to figure out, like, like do am am I gonna remain like a stage poet am I gonna become a page poet is there a difference really um and I think like I like I was telling you earlier I, I haven't written a good poem in my own opinion for like a very long time but I think that's also connected with the fact that I haven't really s- written poetry in the way that I used to so before I like I'm I'm like a person that I'm like a creature habit so Mm -hmm. I am a night owl I like writing poems like like literally at ungodly hours like that is when my best shit comes out and like life I could say in the last Two and a half years. I haven't lived anywhere for more than four months consecutively, mm-hmm. and so I think that's taken a toll on me. And every time like that, I that I'm in a new environment, I always anticipated, and this is like like different cities and different countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I always anticipated that you know I'm gonna go somewhere new. I'm gonna like find inspiration in everything. It's gonna be awesome. Like watch me come out with all, all this amazing poetry. Um, and it's actually been like the exact opposite. Like, it's been like a whirlwind of two of the last two years, and like I'm just starting to I think figure out who i am again Mm -hmm. um and hopefully that will reflect in my poetry but yeah that was a that i digress completely from your your question but yeah no it's i i'm interested should we go back should we go to like a, a slam poetry event
1: i love it let's do it should we do it okay um I think everything that you said is like is so, so, so valid, though, and so important. And just because you might not necessarily consider yourself a performance poet doesn't stop you from being a writer. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take away anything that you have written before.
0: I can agree with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, can we have the audience hear one more piece?
0: Yes, we can. Um, this other piece I wrote... For my mom and then oh my God, I, love. I dedicated to later on to my grandma after she passed last year. But yeah, this is the like I don't put my life out there. I don't share a lot. And I think um, the, like Audre Lorde in, uh, in Poetry is Not a Luxury says that like poetry is a way of, for us to um, respect our feelings and mm-hmm. to and when words aren't sufficient or, or when certain language doesn't exist that we can the poetry can then fashion a language for us to express ourselves. Yeah, she's, I don't gotta say more. She's, like, she's excellent. But um, this poem is the closest I ever got to, like, i like i still tell my friends i didn't cry when i was performing this poem but it was i i performed this poem usually for my mom and and the one time i performed it in in, sort of as an ode to my grandmother it was right after she passed i think it was like three days after she passed um and i was on stage and i was reading it and i literally became a mess and i was holding it in and i had those that ugly pre-cry face and yeah it was just ah man i don't know how to be vulnerable but um This, yeah, this poem is for my mother. I don't even think I've titled it. Here I go. My mother counts down the days until my graduation while counting each individual strand of gray. I count the tally marks lining her face. They have no business borrowing from her beauty but remain persistent in their proliferation sometimes. We'd converse on the steps outside of our home. Her arms wrapped around me like the front porch we are perched on. The sky is parched. It is parchment. The sun sets, and with it all of the colors of the spectrum engulfing us in a drought of night. That night, we find her pictures from Riyadh. 1992, soaked in sunshine, one of the few memories my mother forgot to set aflame when the reality of her dispossession settled in like curdled milk. We'd laugh, hers echoing with nostalgia and a hint of resignation, mine ringing with relief. You see, I will never know all of the troubled lives my mother had to live just so that her children wouldn't need to, but I do know that those lives reeked of leaving and gunpowder and leaving and green cards and leaving and barriers and bullshit and leaving and funerals she could only attend via telephone and leaving, never knowing where she's headed, never knowing when she'll return or if there'll be anything worth returning to, then returning to, then leaving this poem. It is not only about my mother. It is about all of the small hells we must live through to create heavens for those we live for. This poem is for the leavers, for the citizens of self, of whatever keeps the lights on in the nighttime, time. Claim your loved ones for yourselves. They will be there when the world spits you out. When resistance feels like an anchor, tell me, how can you drown again when you've never fully reached the surface? I am tired of trying to reach the surface. Tired of trying to prove to you that I am more than whatever it says on my passport. In fact, I am everything it says on my passport. I am every kind of illegal and my father's foreign eyes. I am Mordisha's flaming heat. I am every place my mother ever had to flee. And every home she's built ever since. This is the home I've built ever since. This is home.
1: We love. Thank you. Wow. We love poems about mothership. I didn't cry this time. And home. We were at an event recently. Mm -hmm. And one of the hosts said how much she hates speaking after a poem. And I co signed that because.
0: I remember that event and I co signed as well. Sometimes you just have to let it sit. You gotta let it ruminate and marinate.
1: You know, like a good piece of chicken (laughs) or zucchini if you're vegetarian. Oh, God. that was beautiful thank you thank you for sharing with the community thank you for letting me share with the community um so before we run out of time for today Mm -hmm. i also want to talk to you about a little bit more than just you as a spoken word artist okay you are currently in a university for science i am science related things yes indeed health science related things
0: that is correct
1: um and yet you are a very very creative arts oriented person. That is also correct. Um how do you feel?
0: I remember my grade 12 12- film he he did everything. He was my film teacher at one point. He was my creative writing teacher, also was my English teacher at one point. Wow, I had this guy, he was it. in all my class glad- like he taught everything that I enjoyed. Um and he basically told me when I told him I was accepted into my program health studies at University of Waterloo, he like laughed <laughs> at Thanks. me and said, like Zena, when will you realize that, that life is not for you? And Till today, I reflect on that all the time. He's the same man. Shout out to Mr. Shinkar. Some teachers change lives, but he's the same man that... um In my first year, uh, and this is, uh, I I really started performing poetry right after um, grade 12 uh, that summer, and then uh, since then I've performed on and off, but that, in my first term of my first year of university, I was opening a show for this um, comedian, um, and it was a huge event, I think it was one of my biggest performances at that time, like 400 people in the crowd, and he, like, I told him about it, and he's like, okay, I'll come, and I remember (laughs) (laughs) he came that day and um he waited until the performance was done he waited outside while I tried to like navigate my way through the crowds and uh he's like you did an awesome job and then he I remember he had a leather jacket in his hand and he lifted it and beneath the leather jacket was a camera he was my film teacher mind you this guy came through and recorded it on without my permission and consent but honestly looking back he recorded it and then he gave me um he he what's it called made a copy of it for me and he asked for my permission and said like I would really love to to um show it at the next uh whatever they're called this teacher meetings that they have Uh he's like I'd love to show it there if if that's okay with you and then he gave me my copy and like I was like wow like you are a ride or die so sorry that was just a long-winded way of me saying um I think
1: you did give him your consent. You gave me. I consent. get yeah,
0: and then I was like, "Yo, you're really creepy," <laughs> but also <laughs> like, this is one of the kindest things anybody has ever done for me. Um, I rate it, but like, just don't do it again because <laughs> like surveillance and stuff. Um, the panoptica. <laughs> exactly. Let's stay away from that. But um, no, it was just it was. I think it was a gesture, and like, I, I, so ever since, like, I've I've never forgotten him, and and uh, I think for me, I'm at the point where I I'm just kind of ready to finish my degree. And I am doing English as my uh, minor, minor mm-hmm. but also the English I'm learning is not the English I want to be learning. Mm-hmm. So I'm just coasting through that as well. But um, yeah, I think I, like I've I've thought about this a lot, and I'm wanna I I love learning health. I think it, for me in particular, it's like health inequities mm-hmm. um, in society that are, are is like what drives me and like learning more about that, um, especially like taking on like a social justice perspective. Uh, but I think yeah, I think. I'm gonna spend some time after I finish undergrad, like stud, like working on like creative stuff, like making films and writing more. So that's I think where it's gonna go in the upcoming future.
1: We love it. Yeah, do we, we love, love it? it? Do we cosign? We cosign. Nice. We cosign. Um, where can all of our listeners find you?
0: <laughs> this is so funny.
1: Um, besides in the studio and next to me because now we're friends
0: um i don't actually have any of my stuff live online okay. i i remember i had like a you- an instagram a youtube um an instagram
1: yeah twitter they You can know you, know, you well you can find twitter.
0: me at, at uh zayna mahdi with the double i how do you spell that z-a-i-n-a-b-m-a-h-d-i-i um hopefully one day i'll have the confidence to put all my stuff up for now it's all on like private lock
1: I love it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. It's it's a work in progress. Yeah. That's okay. Um, I only have one poem that's accessible online.
0: Which is amazing, guys, if you haven't
1: checked it out yet. No, meh, shmer. <laughs> um, But I'm actually really grateful and glad that none of my other stuff is online yet because right now I'm working through the history of my writing and kind mm-hmm. of where it was and where I wanted to go and... There's a lot of other stuff happening in the meantime, and it's been really busy. Um,
0: I couldn't have said that better, honestly. Yeah. I think we're at a really interesting stage, I think both of us, in terms of... I remember you said that you haven't written anything for a while. Yeah. And I definitely haven't written anything in a long time. So...
1: 100%. We're figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to all of our listeners, I hope you are having as always the best of days. Uh whether you're listening to this in your car while you're walking to the next coffee place or meeting. Um, before you go to bed, I hope my voice doesn't make you fall asleep. I don't think Zainab's voice will make you fall asleep. Yours kinda,
0: definitely won't.
1: Yeah, I'm too like high energy, I think. We like, love it. We love it. <laughs> um and- Don't know what that was. But if you've been listening, uh, you can at me. And use the hashtag for better or verse. um, Because you know that I love my play on words. Especially my puns. But let us know that you're listening. This podcast has been produced by Sisterhood Media. We've been doing some really, really cool things with Sisterhood Media. So if you haven't already checked it out, you should. Tons of projects that have just come out. That are about to come out. Samah and I are up to some... Some, some great stuff, um, along with all the other creators that are involved in a part of the family. But that's a story for another time because we are all out of time for today. Um, thank you so much for listening. I hope you take the creativity that you find and let it inspire you to create more of whatever it is that you are currently in the works with. That's all. Thank you.